web series and podcast created by Temple of Geek. At the core of the project is the importance of telling the stories of women who have found inspiration, growth, and power through fandom. My name is Jenna, and I'm the host of Portrait of a Fangirl, and I'm here today with writer and comic creator Caden Phoenix. How are you, Caden? I'm great. Thank you so, so much for having me on here. Can you please just give me a little introduction about yourself and tell our audience about what you do? Absolutely. So I am writer-creator of the first Latino superhero team in comic book history called A La Brava. Those are five Latino superheroes, their origin stories, and the team-up one. And they're all different heritages, obviously American Latinas as well as one Mexican. But they're different heritages, and they go after social injustices. And then I also have princesses. Uh, so I have Native and Latina princesses. That's my new series that will come out this year. The first three are out, and the following three are coming out, actually, um, till the end of the year. And so that, that the princesses is the end of this year? Oh, yes. And so they all come out um, within the next couple of months, but by the end of this year, all six books will be out. That's really amazing. What inspired you to create these series? I just wanted the representation. Honestly, it's just, you know, and everyone always says the word representation, and it's still very true. It's like, where is our big Latina superhero on the big screen, right? And, like, that's originally where I thought about it. It's just like, if I can write anything... And I could throw it up on the movie, like the big theater screen and pretend, you know, that someone's going to buy it. I was like, what do I want to see just for myself as an audience member? And my first thought was Latina superhero. And so I was like, great, I can write that. And so that's what started me off. And that's what inspired me is just like, I didn't get it growing up. I'm lucky that I had my family around me. And I always will always have my family and really great, strong females and strong Latinas around me. But I didn't see it in media. And people need to see things, you know, to, to know that it exists that they can do it themselves. Right. I think that is such an admirable thing. It's um, creating what you want to see in the world. And I think that's an amazing journey you've taken. Thank you. I appreciate it. Was writing comics something you envisioned for yourself or did it come up later in life? What did? How did you get to that? Much, much later in life. I never even thought about it, honestly. I, I do screenwriting and it's independent, so nothing that you've seen or read, but independent screenwriting. And like, same thing, like I was just saying, like, I was like, okay, if I could write a screenplay, what would it be? And it was that. So I wrote out Jalisco, which is the first of my superheroes, and I wrote out a feature length screenplay, and I shot a short film because I'm also a director, and everybody I showed asked me for the comic book. And they're like, this is a great comic. And I was like, no, every single time. Cause I don't come from comics. So it never crossed my mind to do a comic book at all, but I'm very truth by consensus at the same time. So after all my no's that I told everybody, I was just like, Hey, maybe so they're right. You know, and they were absolutely right, which I'm lucky that I, you know, I finally hit my head to, to believe them. And so that's why I went into the comic book medium. It was actually, it moved me for sure. And so was, I'm very lucky that I did listen. Was it hard to make that transition from being a screenwriter into comic books? Not at all. No, it was a little bit of learning, right? Because, you know, I don't pencil and color letter, like that kind of the, the structure I had to learn. But it's still a collaboration when you're on set. You know, you have the first AD, you have the cast, you have the crew, you have the editor, right? You have all the same beats, kind of. It's just that's, you know, audio and visual. And this is just art <laughs> you know and so and just obviously visual medium and so it's a little bit different but it's still a big collaboration regardless and so instead of saying producer you're now an editor instead of screenwriter you're just a writer right like it's little, it's kind of the same thing in my mind but it's because it parallels really well so it wasn't it wasn't hard at all it was just it was fun right it kind of gives you it sounds like it gives you more of a creative control over everything if since you have your hands in all aspects of the creation Absolutely. I'm very much like that anyway. So it works out. Did you grow up on comic books or was that something, again, that came upon later in your life? 
Never. I hadn't read a comic book until I had to start researching comic books. So that's really it. So I same as I decided, okay, I'll make this into a comic. And I was like, I don't know anything about comics. I've never read a comic. And so, you know, I go into YouTube and I was just like, what are the top best 10 comics? And like, you know, it's objective to a degree, but like I watch different people doing the reviews, um, you know, and overall they do say the same answers here and there, you know, they're different, but it, the answer is really anything Ellen Moore is the answer. And so I got all those books and I was just like, why, why does everybody say these are the best comics? You know, just so I can say like, here's a base that I have to try to live up to. It's like, this is, you know, as best as I can just coming in, but like, this is the epitome of a great comic. And so I, I studied, I read, you know, read the stories, you know, as an audience, but like I studied it as well in regards to the panels and the structure, you know, certain things like the shots, because I'm a director. So the panel sizes I looked at as well. Since you didn't grow up reading comic books or you weren't super familiar with them, was it difficult for you to kind of get into that genre? No. It, the way I broke it down, because I say like from the film industry, it's like, okay, here's as a director, what one angle are you going to get? This person's going to say this line and you're going to frame them, right? So you're going to put them in an angle. Is it going to be a half shot? It's going to be a profile. Is it going to be a close up. It's going to be a wide, right? And same thing with comics. You see that. You see the little the angles. Every single panel is an angle, a different angle. Um, the only difference, of course, is you get one angle for comics. In movies, you get, you know, you get to see the whole world. You get a wide, you get a medium, you get a close up, you get an insert of them. You know, like you get all the extra things so the editor can shoot around it or cut it up together. So that's the way I had to see it because that's the way I understood it. It made sense to me that way. Right. You came in from more of the the filmmaking process. Yes, absolutely. Can you tell us just a little bit about the universe you created and the characters? Absolutely. Yeah. So superheroes I created right before, um, right before COVID, right before the pandemic. So I think it was the late 2019 was when Jalisco came out in September and went right to LA Comic Con. And so Jalisco is my dancer from Mexico. She dances Flocorico, Mexican dance, and blades come out of her dress. So that's her power, if you will. And then the next one um, are all, the rest of them are all actually all Latina Americans, American Latinas. And so Santa is my Texan girl. She has divine strength, deja vu. She takes on Ice, who's running for mayor in the town, full of luchadoras, my border town of Texas. Loquita is my supernatural teen detective. She's from Miami, Puerto Rican, Cuban. And of course, she fights demons and ghosts and goblins and ghouls all while going to high school. The next one is Druka, my East LA Chicana. That's where I'm from. So she's my chola. She has instant karma and she saves the kids that are being stolen out of the neighborhood. The last one is Bandita. She's my Dominican gunslinger from New York. So she has a bullet bounce, meaning she can ricochet bullets off walls. Oh, she sounds super cool. <laughs> they, they all sound amazing. Thank you. What is it about comics that you feel was a perfect medium to bring these characters you created to life? I think it's an easier way to get it exposed to audiences. Right. Like here I have, you know, I obviously I go to the comic cons, I do my signings, et cetera. But like, it's me that I can bring it to a person and be like, here, here's a book. Here's a tangible book for you to read. As opposed to me saying, here's a movie screenplay that I wrote out. Please give me millions and millions of dollars. And hopefully it gets to the movie theaters and hopefully a, a platform buys it later on. You know, like it's hopefully, hopefully, hopefully through all these millions of dollars that I do not have. That's the dream to do it regardless. And I still want to make it into a movie and or, and or a TV show. So it's still going that direction. But like, I don't have as much control of that, right? Like I do need the, the big power players, the bankroll, which I do not have for that either. It's a lot easier. I'm saying that I'm in control of it. I get to choose my artists. I get to choose literally everything. And so I just like that I can get in the hands of people a lot sooner and quicker. You are a regular at conventions like San Diego Comic-Con and WonderCon. Mm -hmm. What has the reaction to your comic series been like at these conventions? 
Oh, it's been so great. And it's also just because we're SoCal, or I'm, I'm LA. So, you know, we're mainly Latino, mainly, mainly Chicano audience as well. And so we are, you know, we're aware of it. We're aware of the need of representation and the need of positive representation. That's more important. Right. Like how many times do you need to see a cholo because we're Chicanos? You don't like we do exist, which is fine. But like that's not every single one of us. You don't need to see a maid in every story. You don't need to see us as, you know, gangbangers or anything else, like anything else that's conceived as negative. That's the part about it. It's just like we are people. My mom is my mom. Why can't you just see a mom story? You know, why can't you just see a superhero story? Just someone trying to survive and not having to be part of a gang or anything else. So they're open to it. The answer is that they're open to it and they're they're very welcome to it. They also, you know, like I was saying, like they say, I didn't have this growing up or why weren't you here when I was growing up? And obviously it's because of my age. We didn't have it growing up, uh, even the older generations that I've spoken to that have come up to my table. And so they say, thank you. Before you released your comic series, were you ever an attendee at any of these conventions or is this all new for you? Oh, years and years. I've been going to San Diego for, I want to say probably like a decade, just as an attendee. Feels just so pretty, right? It's just fun and pretty. And like the entertainment industry was there as well. Not as much, you know, since COVID. All the movie people came into Comic-Con, which is, for me, San Diego. And so I enjoyed it. I like toys. So I was much more on the toy side and besides the industry side as well every time I went. It's funny. I actually have never been to San Diego Comic-Con myself. I'm based in New York. So it's it sounds like San Diego Comic-Con is really a whole nother beast of conventions. It's every industry, all the big players kind of come out for that. And the back of it on the grass part, FX is always there and they do a carnival. So like, there's this big, there's a bunch of festivities there. And obviously you play to win like little junk stuff, but it's whatever their show is that they're promoting. That's what you win or that's what you learn about. But same thing. It is very industry. Right. It's such a big turnout for something like that. Now, what kind of panels do you typically take part in when you're at conventions like these? So I always get my own panel, which is nice. So anything, so the one that we have coming up for San Diego is Enter the Latina Superhero. Last year was Rise of the Latina Superhero. So any variation of that. But it's just myself, my friends. I had Moises Zamora. He's a showrunner of the Netflix Selena series was on it. I had a talent manager, Marta Cabrera. She's uh, Zero Gravity Management really cool power players that are helping the Latinos rise and also Latina superheroes in general come up as well. Otherwise, I always get in some type of like women of color. This The new one I have is called Power of Color. These are the ones I get invited to. Queer content creators and comics as well. That's another one. So any of my diversities I get into <laughs> is how I get invited into the panels. Right. I love that. It's all about the representation that you haven't seen when you were younger and now you're out there able to promote it yourself. I love that. They're not going to do it for us. So who else is going to do it? The answer is you. And so it's definitely important to me. So of course, I'm going to use my voice. In what ways has geek culture impacted the way you view the world? I grew up with the Disney animation. I have a bunch of million cartoons, of course. And so what I have, I had the X-Men series, right? And I had the Batman series. I had a really cool upbringing. You know, also in, an, in a bigger degree, but I'll go back to your thing, but it's like in a bigger degree, we had like the rise of the females heroes as well, right? Like Gina Davis and Sigourney Weaver. Like we had aliens. Like we had really cool box office hits. Back, back then we had really cool box office hits and they're female and male, you know, but like we had the really the cool rise of the female ones. And so geek culture... It's just been a part of it. I, you know, I don't see it as an insult. I think it's like, what are they? They're always fighting for something for the better, 
right? You think of X-Men, right? They're fighting against prejudice. You think of Batman, you know, whatever. He's a little billionaire, so he doesn't really get redemption from me. <laughs> but what is he always fighting for? He's always fighting for for a better Gotham, we'll say, is what he's always fighting for, you know, cleaning up the streets and certain things like that. And so there are heroes for a reason, but they, they're all honorable. Same thing with X-Men, you know. Magneto's not really a villain. He's just an antagonist. He just sees it differently, but he's really trying to protect the mutants. He just does it in an incorrect way, but he's trying to protect the mutants at the end of the day. You don't realize it growing up, but at the end of the day, when you look back, you're like, yeah, that's geek culture is protecting each other. It definitely is. And along those lines, you know, you mentioned you don't see the term geek culture as an insult. But what do you think of when you hear the term fangirl? I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's cool. Fanboy, fangirl. That's great. It's something that you believe in, something that keeps you going and gives you hope, regardless of what it's for or to whom it's for. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned again that growing up, you really had these strong female character blockbuster movie hits. What were some of your favorite female characters growing up? But Longest Goodnight was really great. League of Their Own. Not a superhero, but same thing. It's just like rising above society's oppression. Such a classic. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like you can still watch it. It still holds true today, right? We had the TV series, which is really amazing too. It still holds true, which is kind of sad that we haven't necessarily moved that much forward. Those things are necessary because we do need to move forward. We do need to become aware of it. Did any of those characters influence the creation of your comic book superheroes? I like to think it's a mix. The Disney animation, right? All the princesses. And then also blockbuster female, the leads. If you put them together, you have my superheroes. If you visually, if you look at the comic style, the art style, which I'm not the artist, it does definitely lend towards Disney animation, but also a little bit towards manga. So they have the bigger eyes, but they have soft chins. So they don't really do pointy chins. So which is back to the Disney animation. All the lead characters of the, the live action movies I mentioned this is like of course they can do it you know they will rise above that's kind of my superheroes I kind of don't know what's going on but at the end of the day they're gonna fight you know all obviously in their own little realm but that's what it is a la brava which is the name of the superhero team itself it's just like it means without hesitation of course we have to fight if we want to exist and so that's something that my superheroes take on I think it's a wonderful message to be delivering, especially to young people who are looking at your work, embracing who you are and trying to do the right thing. I think it's very important. What would you say to fangirls or anyone else who felt the way you felt or who didn't see themselves represented in the world? I say that nowadays that because we have the internet, because we're globally connected, you can find your tribe, you know, and if it doesn't exist, create it. And then from there, you will find your tribe, right? Like there wasn't a Latino superhero team ever. And that's so sad. 1939 was the first comic and still since 2019, since me, no one's made a comic of a superhero team, but I can do it. You can do it. Honestly, anybody can do it. And so if it doesn't exist, go ahead and do it or go ahead and find the people that will do it, that amplify your voice, amplify what you want to see and what you want to be changed as well. I think the idea of find your tribe really does hit hard and it's something everyone should kind of embrace. I think this is going to wrap us up for today. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and let me know more about your creations. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Can you tell our listeners where they could find you on social media? Yes, I'm on Instagram and TikTok, but more so Instagram, and they're both the same handle. It is Latina Superheroes, plural, so Latina Superheroes. And then my website is also latinasuperheroes.com. Excellent. Thank you again so much. I appreciate it. This is going to wrap up this episode of Portrait of a Fangirl podcast. We want to thank our guest, Caden Phoenix, and everyone who tuned in today. If you have any questions or comments, please hit us up on Instagram or Facebook using the handle Portrait of a Fangirl. You can also find us across all social media and on YouTube as Temple of Geek, 
If you'd like to check out any other episodes or shows, please visit templeofgeek.com. 